And uh, it was a big deal, uh, last week's message. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we can sense things sometimes in the spirit. Um, and, uh, but just regardless, it was, it was a powerful <laughs> message. And the, uh, the, the renewing, if I could say that, of Jesus as the head of the church um, is something that Elizabeth and I have been waiting for and, and praying for for a really long time. And it's, it's a really, really big deal. And, you know, John last week talked about there was a line in the sand. And you, you, you if you were here, you know, you saw him step into it, and there was a, a release, a power, you know, a, a really uh, a flow that, that started. And we've been sensing it for some time now. There, there's been a, um, a, an ordering of things that you can actually feel the presence of God just coming more. Um, you know, there's a hunger that's there, but there's also a structure that's coming together. And it's because Jesus is the head of the church. And he's been established as the head of this church here in this place because the leadership of John and so many of us that are here, we, we've been longing for this. And so these are, these are really good times. They're also times where, um, as a result of what all of us have been involved in at some point, a restructuring and a reordering of our own lives and a shaking along the way. You know, because as a pastor, as I'm, as I'm just humbly waiting there for the sermon to begin, just, just honoring my friend as he preaches in my place, I was... <laughs> <laughs> confronted with this reality that there is a new thing. It's an old thing, but it's a, it's a reestablishment that's going on. And there's like twinges within me of like, oh, yeah, this is, this is different. And, oh, that would be fun for, for me, you know? <laughs> now, I think I was telling him this this week. And, and y'all, there's, uh, I'm saying this in jest, but it's also true. For you, any of you who have been here for any length of time, you know, you felt that, 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 that pull, that shaking, that sense of like, what about me? Where's my place in things? Um, and, and the Lord is doing that, I, I believe, intentionally. Um, we, we say things, you know, the Lord is doing this. And, and I, I say that with, with fear in my heart. You know, there, there's, there's a God. There's my Savior, Jesus. He's saved me. And so when I'm speaking these things on his behalf, I really, I, I, with all due respect for you all, and, and there's a fear of the Lord that I have because he's my God. He has saved me. And as best as, as I'm able, you know, as best as we're able, we, we try to be faithful to him. And I really believe this is what the Lord's doing. I, I really do. As a result of that, that waiting on him, we don't know what the Lord's doing. You know, we're used to at times, especially in this country, having certain things just planned and structured and things are supposed to look like this. And that's not going on right now, it seems like, except for the one thing that matters most. Jesus is being revealed here, friends. He's being revealed in many different places. You know, we are a stream of a river, as we sang about. And it's good news, but it also, when that happens, when the glory of God comes, you know, like Isaiah in chapter 6, you know, he saw the glory of God, and then he saw that he was a man of unclean lips. Once you see the presence of God, you can see yourself at times, and you feel that there's something that's off. At times, you just feel it, and you get grumpy at people, you know? <clears throat> and if you're used to having a very you know, top-down, you know, hierarchical leadership structure, your first place to blame is the people at top, you know? All right? <clears throat> yeah? So, you know, there's a flow that we, we talked about last week, but there's also the point of it is to come up underneath, and you all are the ones that are going to be equipped and empowered to share this ministry of Jesus everywhere you go. You know, we're not the main ministry here. You are. I mean, it, it's Jesus, and if I could say it like that, you are representing Jesus. Our job is to build you up and encourage you into the fullness of who you are. I loved how Jonathan Weldon said it a couple years ago, how I love this teaching on, on his apostolic, where the apostolic are like the, the colon, I think he said, of the body. <laughs> I said that in honor. It was him that said that, you know, and he's got the good teaching. But, but our, our job is to serve you all, is, is to fill you up with life. 
And so that, like, our job is, is truly try to be the lowest of the low, the most humble, so that you all are activated, and, and you're the face of Christ everywhere you go. Literally, you have the image of God, the, the very likeness of Christ everywhere you go. And so it, it's our joy, you know, to see this coming. The, the challenge of it, as we all have experienced in some ways, is, you know, what to do in the middle of the waiting. You know, there, there's seasons and times, um, and he's calling us right now to focus and, and to, to be clean. And, and so I'm going to talk today about one of the main things that helps us to, to stay and remain clean, especially in this season. We, we see some examples in the scripture of when Jesus came, people missed him. People missed him because of a, of a really simple reason. They, they had a, a, a judgment. You know, we, we go back to the very beginning, and there were two trees planted in the garden. One was the tree of life. One was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We've all eaten of that second tree, you know, and when we eat of it, we become connoisseurs of that which is good and that which is evil. Instead of purely being good, we become like wine, or like, that's good evil, you know, or, oh, that's very evil evil, or that's good good, or that's okay good. And instead of actually enjoying what is good and being repelled by what is evil, we are simply enjoying the idea of knowing that we have the, uh, the, the judgment of it on our hands. We have the discernment of it. And we become masters of what is good or what is evil. But we're not actually entering into what is true life, which is Jesus. So I'm going to leave that concept there and then build upon it a little bit because that's where it all begins. We see in John chapter 5 when Jesus shows up to the Pharisees. <laughs> I mean, like, these, these things at times astound me because, you know, if... Um, we just didn't worship the Lord, and, and we, we bring songs that bring joy. We, we have songs that bring us peace, and that peace is Jesus. And so if you're experiencing joy, you know, you're experiencing Him. And that there's no word for presence in the Old Testament. It was always the face of God. So when you experience the presence, the, the peace, the joy of, of the Lord here in this time, you're actually seeing Him face to face. So in John chapter 5, I think it's verse 39. You see, Jesus is having this discussion with the Pharisees. And he's talking about judgment. And he says, you don't have his word talking about God. You don't have his word living in you in verse 38 because you don't believe the one he sent. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, yet they testify about me and you're not willing to come to me so that you may have life. The scriptures, these are, this is the word of God. <laughs> the Pharisees, they had eaten of the tree of knowledge and evil. And they made the belief and the thought and the judgment that life was in here. Jesus says that this was to point to me, I'm right in front of you, in whom is life, and you don't know who I am. The power that you have to open the door to God or not is immeasurably immense. You have literally the power to change your own life with God or to shut yourself off. You know, and, and so you're, you're the most powerful people in the world because you have the power to open yourself up to God or not and to do so for other people or not. Based on what you think, based on what you judge. Be careful how you judge, therefore. In a structural shift, 
that is going on and reveals a lot of the, the judgments that we've had, a lot of the thoughts, a lot of the beliefs that we have about things. If you remember in your Old Testament, the first king was Saul. Saul was given an assignment to go and cleanse the land of a certain people that were against God's people. And he, he didn't fulfill it completely. And so he judged that his lordship, that his idea is better than God's. That judgment calls, therefore, a blindness upon him. Because as you judge, also you will be judged yourself. That which you think about God, therefore, you apply it to yourself. And so if you think that you have a better idea of God, then what happens is that that judgment falls upon yourself, and you can no longer hear or believe or see all that God is doing in your life. The end result of Saul's kingship was that he was killed, which was a sign of the curse, and he was wiped out of what could have been an inheritance of him. And the Pharisees, I just gave the example of that as well. I, I want to get to the, the main teaching, <clears throat> which is in Luke chapter 6. There's so, much, there's so much fun in this, y'all. If we talk about judging sometimes as a, as a bad thing. I'm going to show you that judging, if done as Jesus does it, is, is a wonderful thing. So I just want to, us to be free of it because today you, you, there's, there's a freedom that's happening. Sometimes I don't, I'm not really sure what God's doing in the service. Today I know exactly what he's doing. He's setting you free of all judgment and of all curses that come with it and all bondage that has happened with it. Joy was a precursor of what's about to happen in the service. And so in John chapter 6, sorry, sorry, in Luke chapter 6, in verse 37, Jesus is going to really make it clear for us. Now, he says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. You don't judge, and you won't be judged. Who has the power in this passage to be judged or not? You do. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Same thing. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. I remember this time where I... <laughs> I um, the only time I ever uh, just punched my brother in the face. You know... <laughs> And, uh, you know, we, we were guys, and we wrestled, and, you know, we'd hit each other in the arm and that kind of stuff, but I, I, I would never take it up up here, you know, I just, <laughs> except this one time. <laughs> we were at, uh, you know, visiting a, a lake, and my, my parents had set us up in a hotel, and, and, and in the lobby of the hotel for breakfast that next morning, <laughs> there was the donut tray. <laughs> There was one donut left. <laughs> he got to it first <laughs> and, and, and unintentionally slammed the, the tray down on my hand as he was closing it. And I hit him in the face. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, over a donut, you know, this is... And these weren't before, like, your mama's bakery donuts were out. I mean, this wasn't even Krispy Kreme donuts, y'all. I mean, this was like, you know, store-bought something donuts. And, and, and now that we've gotten into the age that we're in, we, we're connoisseurs of donuts all of a sudden, right? <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about. Now we eat, we're like, well, Dunkin' Donuts is nice. Krispy Kreme is good hot, but mama's over there. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about donuts. <laughs> 
so years later, I was, uh, you know, I was, you know, doing just a spiritual history and, and, and cleansing. The Lord brought that up. And he's like, there's two things that you had as judgments. One, you wanted to have a sense of dominion or domination over your brother. You know, you wanted to not feel like you were a nobody. You, you, you didn't want to experience someone taking something that you wanted. And so my, my first judgment was that a person can define who I am. He, you know, he defined me as being somebody or nobody because of, of that simple action. It, it sounds, you know, like I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but it's, it's these little things, honestly, that you build upon. And he was showing me that the root of it was, was this. And so I had to take that thought captive and say, Father, forgive me for believing and judging that a person, my brother, has the ability to say if I'm somebody or nobody. And then the second judgment that I made was that I could use anger as a tool to get what I wanted. You know, I could use power. I could use my strength. I could use my hands. I could use anything. <clears throat> so I had to repent of that and ask the Lord, you know, hey, listen, you know, all power is yours and everything that I have is yours. All that is good, I will receive from you and no one else. And that began... And, and Elizabeth will tell you, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not an angry person, you know, but I've had to work through anger before in my life, and I've seen the Lord redeem that and make me a, a peacemaker instead. But it all started with, with a judgment. So what happened is that I, I judged my brother as being, you know, essentially like a judge of my life, and therefore I received judgment because I felt, therefore, that I couldn't receive any more from God because I was no longer able to receive it from God because I'd made this judgment that only man can give this to me. So as you judge, you will also be judged. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And, and so there's, there's a lot more examples we can go into where your, your thought patterns that you make about a person therefore define you know, who you are. If, you know, if you're in a meeting, someone walks in and they've got the power suit on, or girls, I don't know what this is like equivalently for you all. You know, they, power, pants. power pants. Is that for real, for girls? <laughs> your wife's shaking her head. <laughs> I don't know what it is, it's the, the, you know, so, and, and you say, wow, that person's got something on me, you know, and, or maybe, you know, like, in grade school, you know, you're, you know, so-and-so, Susie looks great, you know, and, but she's not cool enough to hang out with me because she's not dressing like me. All right, we, we're making judgments that clothes can define us, because we have defined that person based on our judgments, and so be careful how you judge. How you judge determines it, and so, Jesus is trying to put a great fear in all of us of judging, period. He's not saying don't judge anything either. Because if you judge that there's no judgment, then you have made a judgment and there's no such thing as judgment. And that's called lawlessness. Uh, so, you know, if, if, if you believe that there's, if you judge that there's not a judge, then God says, okay, I'll give you over to everything that's out there in this world. If you believe that there's no good or evil, you know, and, and so, you know, people will say, well, it's God's judgments on this country, blah, 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 that's happening. This is the good part. God gives us what we want. You know, he, he, he's saying, if you want that, I'll, I'll give that to you. You know, and, and so another form of, if you could call it God's judgment, is like, sure, here, here, take this. You know, you know if, if you don't want my son, if, if you don't want this right way, then I'll, I'll give you what you want. It's going to be blindness. It's going to be death. You know, and then, and then live it out 
as long as you want to, and if you listen to me, I'm right here, I'll, I'll restore everything back to you again. Does that seem fair as we're going about things? I mean, I, I, I think that, and I'm going to go more into the context of the passage, I, I think that it's healthy when we see things that are, you know, weird in our culture, or weird in other people, to be careful where we place our judgments in that. And, and just ask more to the point, where is it coming from? And, and as we go on here, Jesus begins to tell us this. See, Jesus prefaces this passage by, in the uh, up, uh, couple of verses ahead by, by saying that there's evil out there. So he's made a, a judgment. And then he talks to us in verses 43 and following, making other judgments. So he says, a, tree, a good tree does not produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good man produces good out of the, store, uh, the good storeroom of his heart, and an evil man produces evil out of the evil storeroom. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. So, uh, this is so powerful. When we see a friend that, uh, you know, maybe they have, you know, a mistake, or you know, maybe they're doing some activity that doesn't reflect Jesus really well, uh, the, the job isn't to, to judge the person, it's just to ask the question like, all right, well, you know, where is this fruit coming from in your heart? You know, where are you focusing your attention? Um, this, I'm, I'm doing this message a bit, you know, backwards. There's three principles um, that this, two, two, this is the third principle that, that two others build upon. The first is you are what you behold. We see that in Psalm 115, 2 Corinthians 3. You become what you worship, okay? So as you worship Jesus, you become like him. The second principle is the principle of abiding. So you rest in him, and then you, you grow into all the fullness that's out there. And then you build judgment on top of that, you know, so that as you remain in the Father, you can see these things. But I, I think it's necessary to, to kind of, like, deconstruct it this way. So, you know, as you behold Jesus, you become like him. And so when you're judging the fruit, you can ask the question, what are you beholding? So uh, when, I dis when I discover anxiety, um, you know, when I've walked into rooms before uh, and, and I've experienced like social anxiety like oh what are these people thinking about me I, I'm reminded of you know age 15 when I bought the stonewashed jeans three years after they went out of style <laughs> and uh, you know and, and the judgments of others you know oh that's a dork you know and, and that kind of stuff and I'm like oh no it's, it's happening again and then, and then I, I discover, like, all right, what am I beholding? Am I beholding that person's word or that face or, or Jesus? And so it's a gift when we discover areas that are kind of shaking, like, you know, that we're afraid or we experience anger or anything else that's popping up that's out there. And just, friends, just so you know, whatever those judgments are that others have placed on you, just think about the life of Jesus. You know, he, he was born to a mom, you know, whose firstborn child in Jesus was considered illegitimate in that culture and that society, which is, in that culture and society, far more of a scarlet letter than any other culture uh, that we have today, I think. And so they were stigmatized from the very beginning. Jesus' family was. You know, he came, and, and then he, he was a foreigner. He came from Egypt, after he fled, after his, his family fled. And then his, his, you know, his son, or his, his dad, Joseph, was such that people looked at him and said, oh, that's the carpenter's son. Yeah. You know, and, and so uh, you know, he, maybe he was a man that worked with his hands, and, and that's just not good. And so he felt 
he feels exactly the judgments that have placed upon you because he's, he's, he grew up with that just surrounding him and he hated that. That, that shame, he despised it, you know? Uh, and he went to the cross to attack it and today he's attacking it right now for you because he's freeing us up in his service today. So we see that in the life of Jesus, we see it in our own lives and in our own heart that, that this is a very distinct and very real possibility that we have power to both define our today and to define our future. If you're feeling constricted, you know, uh, ask, is there anything that I have as a judgment on someone else? Or is there a judgment that someone's placed upon me that I'm believing in? If there's a place in your life where you're feeling there's a, there's a stoppage or there's a, there's a block, ask the Holy Spirit. What, what is it right now that I'm, I'm feeling trapped by in some ways? And and it applies to many different ways. So he also says, you know, with the measure you use, it'll be measured against you. And so we, we look at our kids, for instance, and uh, we see that, uh, you know, uh, they start off as an artist and, and they're drawing stick figures. And, and if, if we're really mean, we say, gosh, this is terrible work, you know? You know, I can do so much better than that. And, and that's a measure. That's a terrible measure. Um, <laughs> But that measure, then, therefore, you know, you'll define yourself by, but you also define them by. However, if you are merciful, you know, and you say, wow, look at the potential here. This is amazing. Look at what you can become. This is beautiful artwork. Then suddenly you release that to them, and they see that, and then they feel the immeasurable love of God in them. With the measure you use, it'll be measured against you. There is some teaching out there that also says, so, therefore, you know, what just... Think whatever you want, and then you'll become it. <coughs> That's a little new agey for me. There is, however, the truth that whatever God says about you will come to pass. And so this is such the importance of a house like this where we are walking in the prophetic, where we do hear what God is saying, and that is exactly who you're becoming, and you hold on to that. You know, you can't just pick a scripture and say, right, I just want to become this. There are some things like you're, you're going you're to become flawless in Christ. Every righteousness, like, full of peace, full of joy. We, we fight for these things and grow into it. I mean, you're going to think rightly. You're going to do the righteous thing. You're going to stand up against oppression. You're going to do justice. Yes, those are non-negotiables. That's exactly who you're going to become because that's who he says that we are in Christ. There are four, certain, like, destiny tracks that we, we see as measure that we, we need to hear him from. So it's also important in this time and this season, you know, uh, to ask the Lord because he's your head, and this is a place where we are attached to the head. What is my place? What is my measure? The word is metron in the Greek. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was praying just, you know, with the Lord, and I heard the word metron, and I'm like, what is that? Is that a transformer? And, <laughs> and, uh, and so I started doing, like, you know, homework studies in the Greek and stuff, and I actually found that it's a word, and I didn't, I, I just didn't know it, and, uh, and it's the word that Jesus uses here for measure. Paul uses it to determine also his calling. He had a measure of faith to the measure that was given to him at the appointed or the measured space of the Gentiles, and so he knew exactly what it was, so the measure that he used was according to the voice of God in that area, in that space, in that time. You have certain measures for certain seasons, and the faith that you have to enter into that actually expands or contracts what it is that you walk in, according to what Paul says. You know, the faith that you walk in for that measure, for that is which is yours, it can be grown or it can be shrunk as you know that it is your measure or not. Your, uh, and so how you measure yourself is exceedingly important with the measure that you use. And so in this season of, of restructuring, um, and, and this, is, this is not a gate thing. This is a nationwide, if I could say worldwide. What, what John is preaching on last week 
is, is a return to what has always been the case. It, it, is, it is foundational. Like the, the prophets, the, the apostles and the prophets are the foundation of the church with Christ as the cornerstone, according to Ephesians 2. This is, this is biblical. There are apostles, there are prophets. Yeah. My family and I, we have crossed the line. We are all in here. I mean, we, we, are, we are all in linked together with you guys. This is, this, is, this is who we are. You know, we are in covenant. We are in unity with this. And so I'm just, I'm saying these things that, that we're all in so that we know, because what I love so much about what you did last week, John, you stepped into your calling, and it's a brave thing to do that uh, because everything in this world is trying to um, kind of hide or dim the full light that we are. And so when we shine brightly, we can feel we can, just, we can sense it. We can sense that the shaking it's going to cause. We can sense also at times that it's going to be hard. We were talking this week with some friends about setting boundaries, right? Just normal boundaries in relationships. When I got saved and started walking in the fullness of Christ, you know, it caused, as I, you know, began to extend boundaries now, according to my, my nature, in friendship groups and family groups, it caused disruption just because I was different now. They had gotten used to a certain me that wasn't real. Now that my realness was coming out, it was disrupting their lives, giving them an opportunity also to discover if they are wanting to be real or not. And so when you step into this that we are called into, it is going to shake everything. And y'all, things are already being shaken anyway. So might as well join the party, you know? <clears throat> yes. <laughs> oh, John, your heart is so pure. It's so fun. And that, that's, that's my judgment, you brother. And, and so... <laughs> Paul would say, I don't even judge myself. You know, I don't let others judge me. I just, I, I you know, I, I judge by what the, the Spirit's saying. And, and then even then, we, we don't fully know. And so we, we have to be very careful yeah. with judging anything, friends. Judge by the fruit. You know, look at the fruit and say, that's not good fruit. I don't like that. Great. Look at the fruit. You can judge the fruit. If you see enough of that in a person, then you can ask, what are they beholding? What are you abiding in that's producing that? But not with the whole person, you know? And... So be very careful with that, friends. And, and in this season, I'm telling you, you're going to be tempted like crazy to judge. <clears throat> you already are. It's all over the news. You, you step into a Facebook conversation, yeah. and you're like, oh, that's judgment. <laughs> that's being critical. That's being measuring. You know, every, it seems like every conversation that we're having out there has to do with this. And so there's line lines everywhere. And so if you want to get on Facebook, if you want to in, in, you know, engage in these conversations, do so almost as a practice, every single time, I'm telling you, like, practice this. See how you can go into it without ever saying anything that would be deemed judgmental or criticism, even an opinion. We can take someone's opinion and have not researched what they've had, what, what, um, what is said, and therefore draw a conclusion based on someone else's opinion of the matter. We, we can hear about someone, what someone else has done, not have been there, and join with that person's offense or bitterness, and therefore assume that we have the correct perspective and then pass it on to someone else. And then we're just gossiping and slandering because the root of it was judgment. And this goes on and on and on and on. Uh, and so it's, uh, <laughs> there's so much to say in this. All right, so the, the, the head of the church is Jesus, and he is being established. He is the head of this church. In the name of Jesus, he is our head. And, and sometimes, friends, you know how hard it is when you know that, that he's calling you to something and, and, and you're called to, to have no answer when people want answers, right? And, and, and you're, you're saying, I've got nothing to give to you except for him. That calls that other person as they work around you, therefore, to have to confront that or say, I don't want any part of that. that that's fine. We're okay with that. We want to abide by Jesus and him alone. There's only one Savior that's going to save you. And that's him. And so I, I ask you, and I'm, I'm being completely serious, pray for us as your leaders. 
we, what we're stepping into, we, we, need, we need the most tender, humble, lowly, pure hearts, and so do you. Because as this outpouring happens, you're the ones that are going to be out in the businesses. You're the ones that are actually facing a lot of that opposition yourselves. And so pray for yourselves, tender, humble, pure, clean hearts in all that you do. Because the power of God is going to be released through you in such powerful ways that people are going to look at you as Jesus. Okay. And so be careful how you judge uh, with the measure you use. Um, Man, there's so much to say in this. So I, um, I'm going to pray in just a moment, but I, I just want to make sure, if I can, that, that this teaching is really, really clear. Um, when we, you know, for instance, if a person is looking at uh, an image on television, maybe it's like pornography, they are judging that that image is a person, okay? And, and then that, that people are to give them something, you know, whether it's affirmation or a, a sense of power or whatever it is that they're looking for. Therefore, literally, our physical brains are wired according to that will, that decision that we've made. And so that when we see people as in real life, we are actually seeing them through a mask. We are seeing them through um, an established objectification of that person. And, and, and so our judgments of the person even on the screen as, as being what provides for us, you know, that, that separates us from who they really are. And, and then, but we judge ourselves, therefore, and then we become objects and no longer people, holy. All right? And so when you judge another like this, you become it, and then you, for, you have to step into performance. You have to step into, you know, all sorts of, of, of nastiness. And so, you know, even how we spend our time is, is really important to this. So the thought, the decision that you have about another person or God is put black on you and your mind and your little brain waves or, or your neural pathways are, are shaped by this. You can look at you know, MRI maps of people that have gone from you know, uh, addiction to pornography through salvation, Jesus Christ, to freedom, and it actually opens up a part of their brain where the volitional control center is, and their whole brain gets rewired. And then they can actually experience fullness of emotions going back and forth between people. And so freedom with Christ offers you literally new DNA. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's really, be, be really careful what you think about others, about yourself. So normally during, um, during the day, I'm just trying to become aware of what's going on in my heart. What am I feeling right now? That tends to be the first indicator of, um, you know, whether or not I have a judgment, but also your thoughts. You know, we, we know take every thought captive, take every emotion captive too. And just ask, what is this coming from? You know, uh, you know heading back to, um, to home sometimes because we have five kids and sometimes we're tired. And you're like, ugh. We've got vacation with the kids, you know, and, and if I'm not careful, I can, I can inadvertently, you know, uh, judge them as being those that take something from me, you know, um, as opposed to, no, 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 like, I, I give, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a giver, you know, I, I can't take, or, a person can't take or receive from me, they are the object of my love, not, you know, the, the source of it, <clears throat> so, are you, are you, is this, you know, it's, this is like a... <laughs> Somebody thumbs up on this one because I'm going to pray into that. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Two thumbs up. All right. You are powerful people. You have the power within what you decide to shape your world and the world around you. You can build a whole government system, a whole philosophy around your judgment, and people will fall in line with it, and they will be deceived, or they will fall in line with what is true and what is real. I mean, whole nations are built upon judgments. 
Okay. All right, you are a free people. All right, I'm going to pray, and this is going to be a, a participatory prayer. Participatory. Participatory. <laughs> okay. All right, so if, uh, Father, right now I ask that you would um, fulfill John 16, that, that you would make all things, uh, bring all things into the light. You, you would bring awareness to uh, you know, all things that have been you know, spoken, uh, that the Holy Spirit, you would bring uh, an awareness of everything, even conviction. If, if any of you here have been judged, if any of you have been cursed, if any of you have been bound by anybody's words, if any of you have had a, a word spoken of you that you have felt has bound you, if you have been slandered, if you have had someone misunderstand you, if you have had any misconceptions, would you please stand up? That should be everybody. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm going to ask you to do something first, okay? Forgive. To whoever and whomever have spoken those words, I ask right now that you would take the time right now and, and forgive them. Say it out loud to the Lord, Father, I, I forgive so-and-so. I, I forgive them. I, I, want, I want nothing of judgment upon them. I want nothing of evil to fall upon them. What I, 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 I ask you to forgive them completely, Lord. All right, and I want to ask now that you, you go a little deeper and forgive them with feeling. Holy Spirit, touch the depths of where these hurts, these curses, these judgments against my brothers and sisters in this room have landed in their soul. And from that place, friends, with feeling behind it, for, forgive them. You, you want nothing to stick. You want nothing to stand. You don't want anything to remain. Again, out loud as you want. Next, I, I want you to even go a little deeper and, and broader and now uh, see who those people are and rejoice over them being blessed and begin to bless them. Begin to see these people in your hearts and your minds, ah, Father, and 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 see them blessed, and and ask the Father to bless them. Father, give these folks, Lord, give them wonderful prosperity in every area of their life, Lord. Give them favor from yourself. Give them favor with man. I ask that the, their plans would would prosper. I ask that their bodies would be healed. I ask that their minds would be healed, their emotions would be healed. I ask for these people, Lord, on their behalf that their children would succeed, that they'll become full of life, that they would know no fear, that they would become exactly who they're supposed to be. And, and friends, Lord, let, let your soul rejoice at seeing these folks, whoever they were, prosper. You know, bless your enemies. Re rejoice at your enemies' success. Father, increase this, I ask. Yes. Father, I, I ask that these folks, if, if they're not reconciled to you, would be reconciled to you. 
I ask God that any area where they have misconceived of who you are or have been hurt by anyone, Lord, uh, that they would be healed in these areas, that they would have a fullness of revelation of who you are, Jesus, yeah. in all areas of life. Friends, see these folks <clears throat> blessed. <clears throat> Alrighty. Father, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Alright, we're going to continue to stand up if you would, um, if you want to. I'm going to ask for one other prayer. Remain standing, and this is going to be a, a harder one, but it's going to be okay. If you have yourself ever cursed, ever judged, ever dishonored, ever misunderstood someone, ever gossiped, ever slandered, ever taken that which was said over someone, didn't research, and just passed it along, if you have entered into any of these, if you have measured someone by your own measurement and not the measurement of God, in any area like this, continue to stand. I'm going to stand. <laughs> and Father, for my brothers and sisters here, they're, they're standing right now as, uh, as, as a confession to you. I just declare forgiveness. And, and you in your own heart right now, just say, Father, forgive me. Father, forgive me for speaking words. Forgive me for in my mind thinking thoughts. Forgive me for in my heart deciding a matter apart from you. Father, I just declare forgiveness right now in this room. And Lord, I, I want over this house right now to break the power of every curse, every judgment, every critical statement, every unfair word, every misguided testimony over every single person right now. I declare that those are broken over you in the name of Jesus. Every misunderstanding, I break its power over you in the name of Jesus. Each one of these judgments, each one of these measures that have been spoken over you, I break its power now over you in the name of Jesus. Every curse that has been spoken over you, I curse as a pastor of this house in the name of Jesus, and I lift it off of you in the name of Jesus. It has no effect and no power over your mind, over your emotions, over your body, over your future, over who you are right now. Those words have no power, and they are deemed right now worthless through the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for this, Lord. Lord, continue to speak, Lord. I command these to be broken over you, to lift off of you. Come off them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I, I erase with the power of the testimony of Jesus right now these words. I declare them cleansed by the blood of Jesus. They are dead because they are an old, they are an inferior vision of who these folks are, Lord, of all your brothers and sisters, Lord. And I declare over you that every one of you now are eligible for the promises of God on your life. Every one of them are available to you without measure in the name of Jesus. Right now you are a free people, unencumbered by any restrictions that man or the devil has ever placed upon you, even yourself. You are free right now in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for this, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that it is by your broken body that we celebrate in communion today that this is possible. And it is through your perfect life, your righteous life, Jesus. And so I declare over every one of you that you are righteous in the name of Jesus. That judgment has passed over you in the name of Jesus. That you are eligible for every gift of the resurrection in the name of Jesus. You are healed and whole in mind, body, soul, and emotions. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you, Lord, for this, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, Lord, we love you, Lord. We love you. 
Every single one of you here, you are free from the curse. You are a person of great prominence in God. You are given the power to love your enemies and to pray for those who abuse you, that you would move in the opposite spirit of what the world walks in, that you would represent the throne room, dripping with grace, goodness and kindness of God. You shall be a Barnabas ministry. You are one or a son or daughter of encouragement. Every blessing upon blessing is yours. Ah, thank you for this, Lord. Lord, thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for this, Father. Lord, I just want to pause right now in your presence and ask that you would speak directly to your sons and daughters right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that the humble right now have every advantage in this life because nothing can take anyone from the humble. <laughs> so, Lord, just speak to your sons and daughters right now, Lord. Speak, Lord. Father, I thank you for the reconnection of the Father and his voice and his heart. With the judgment that Jesus had, he only made judgments in connection to your heart. And so, Lord, I ask that you would allow people to see clearly what's really going on. I ask that when they see bad fruit, that you would give them a word that would cut off that fruit, so to speak, and that you would implant your word, beholding of Christ, abiding in him in that place instead. That you would give them prophetic declarations and prayers for those folks, Lord. Lord, come, Lord. You may be seated. Thank you all. Um, two real quick last things. Um, I, I mentioned in that prayer that, that there's times where we're abused and that we, um, we, we bless those. There are certain circumstances that you're not to remain in that, okay? And, and so if you're not like in, a, in a, an abusive situation, abusive marriage, get out, okay? Come talk to us about that. I just want to say that everything in this world, however, in some way is trying to uh, abuse your innocence in, in, in some way. So that's the context of that prayer. All right? You have the power to bless and the power to honor everywhere you go. Second thing is that everything that Jesus did, he did in connection with the Father. And so when, when we get what we want, when Judgment Day comes, you know, he'll see you clearly. And, and that's really good news, friends. Judgment is really good news because you're going to be seen clearly for who you really are. And nothing's going to be hidden. Amen. And in Jesus, you're pure. You're innocent. You're clean. You're full of light. There's nothing that's yes. hidden. Yes. And so rejoice at that day. And ask others to, to rejoice into it with you. you know? So, friends, thank you so much for the, the stay of this time. Um, <laughs> dear friend AJ uh, has uh, his prophetic team that is going to come up. If you all want prayer and a message like this, again, there's a lot of things shaking. We're happy to pray with you. You know, we, as, as a pastor of the New Covenant, uh, and, and as just a house of the New Covenant, our, our job isn't to look for sin. We, we, we don't identify sin and, and work on it. We, we don't work on anger management. We, we don't, okay? We see who you are in Christ. And then we continue to call that out. And so when you come forward for prayer, we are not, you know, looking for what's wrong with you. We are declaring who you are to come out into the fullness of the light. And so it's really a safe place. It's a wonderful place. Walking in, it feels good.